again for listening to the Check We podcast. My name is Daniel Fidel, co-founder of Check We. Here with me tonight, today, whenever time you're watching this video or listening to this audio, is my co-founder, Ron Abraham Jr. How are you doing today, Ron? Not too bad at all, not too bad. How are you doing, Daniel? Another international podcast for us tonight, too. Another international podcast, but you know that's what we're all about here at Check We, isn't it? That's how we do a check. We were borderless. With us tonight, we have Olivin Holas. Ron, who is Olivin? Olivin is the man, the myth, the legend. He's, he's the Swiss Army knife of any organization. He's a Chevnin scholar. He's a holder of, of a master's in international management. And he's also a very good friend and brother of mine. So um, I'm very excited for this podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy. <laughs> Olivine Horas, hey. thank you for joining us. Hey, Ron. Hey, Daniel. Man, good to be on the program. You guys are doing an awesome job. Uh, I had to run up with them, them big, over-exaggerated um, <laughs> introductions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he does them. Every single yeah. one. You know, but it doesn't matter if you if Ron puts you on this podcast, he approves it. And if you if you're a friend of his, you know, that just speaks to who he keeps close. Everyone is a legend. <laughs> right? That's Legendary wrong, people. So, Olivin, we have so much to talk about. It's for the people who don't know who you are. Tell us tell them who you are. Wow. You an introduction. You're putting me on the spot. I don't like talking about myself. Quick. Quick. Um, <laughs> just, 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 a, just a brief intro, man. I, 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 before I get into it, I just want to say thanks for having me on the program. And um, you guys are making waves across the Caribbean with Chekwe. So, you know, I, I love the concept. I love the name. It's very catchy. And, and you know, the, the work you guys have been doing um, have been reaching wide audiences. So kudos to you guys. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, well, I was born in Grenada, so I am Grenadian, but I, I, I more like to think of myself as a CARICOM national. Um, I, I grew up in Grenada, got my early education, um, primary, secondary, and community college in Grenada, but I, I lived in Barbados for the past 10 years or so. Um, and so I would have gotten my uh, university education there, um, mainly in the fields of management, international management, international business. And then uh, I, <laughs> I received a, a Shivnin scholarship um, last year, uh, which then enabled me to move to Scotland um, to pursue another master's in international business and emerging markets. So that's a little bit on my academic journey in terms of uh, work experience. I've had the opportunity to work in, um, in, in the tourism and hospitality sector. Um, I've had the opportunity to um, be part of senior management in, in organizations as well as, you know, to, to, to uh, be also part of higher education at, at the University of the West Indies as well. So. You know, accumulatively, uh, that is uh, about seven, a little over seven years work experience there. So I don't know it all. I still have a very long way to go. I'm far from finished, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a journey and that's the whole idea of life. You know, it's a, a continued, a continuous journey and you just have to keep growing and, and, and moving forward. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I love that. That was well summed up. So we have a good idea of who you are. Um, like many people in your particular c- circumstance, you attended UWE. What was that like for you? Um, boy, so- boy, that UWE experience. Run, <laughs> run. Yeah. If you're from the Caribbean and you didn't get the experience UWE, Trust me, your education isn't complete. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to UWE. That's my one thing. I never got to go to UWE. We have many master's yeah. opportunities for you, Daniel. Don't worry, your time will come. No, but um, in, all, in all seriousness, I would say the UWE experience has been quite rewarding. Um, it has given me the, the foundation I needed to be where I am today. I, I, I think... I think a lot of times, sometimes we take the institutions we have in the region for granted. And, and you know, at, at, at UWE, that is where I understood the true meaning uh, or, or, the, or, the, or the real idea of the concept of Caribbean integration and regionalism, right? You, you meet persons from all walks of life, from all parts of the region and the world, and the world. by extension, right? I remember in my days at Kayville, uh, there was, uh, I think, 55 nationalities on my campus, mm-hmm. right? Though a small community, um, when compared to the other landed campuses, um, mm-hmm. we still had a, a, a huge level of diversity mm-hmm. existing in that one, uh, how, 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 if I should say, that melting pot, that regional hub, right? And so you were exposed to people from all walks of life, different academic background, different work background, um, different cultures and ethnicities. So, you know, all of that really shaped the the mentality that diversity is real. Um, Diversity and inclusion can exist in the same space. And and, and it, it, it changes your perspective from thinking local to thinking global, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's a little synopsis on the UE days. I mean, if you want to talk about the social side of things, we can delve into that too. <laughs> we'll bring that to the, we'll bring that to the other podcast, the DJ Stalin podcast. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll save man. it for that. Definitely yeah, interested in hearing about that. It sounds like at UE is where regionalists are born. I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you on that. Um, in fact, if you really uh, is, is if you're conducting any research on on, on regional leadership and, yeah. and regional progress, you will you will see that a lot of our leaders, um, ministers, prime ministers, ministers of government, um, private CEOs, sector leaders as well, um, business executives in the private sector, um, yeah. UE graduates are dominating leadership in, in, in the region. And I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying t- that because I am from the institution or I'm a product of the institution, but it's just the Caribbean reality. And we cannot forsake or neglect the fact that UWE has made significant contribution to the development of the Caribbean civilization. And mm-hmm. it continues to do so even today in, 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 in this modern era or that this modern or, or what, what, what I would like to call this digital era, yeah. right? And, mm-hmm. and so that is UE for you. And that is where UE stands in, in the Caribbean community. 
and you know, just to add to what Alvin said there, like when you consider the length of time the university has been around, Alvin, I believe it's it's seventy something years, isn't it? Over seventy years, yeah. Over, Over seventy years. years. But, but in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of time. So if you really consider the sort of impact it has had on all the Caribbean jurisdictions, I mean that 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 speaks volumes of the type of institution that it is. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 mm-hmm. I totally agree with you, Ron. I mean, UE in the in the in the world of academia, I would I would call UE a baby. You know, mm-hmm. when you compare it to uh, to most the of the, and, and most of the international, mm-hmm. the other international universities. Yes, UE is international too, so I have to say the other international mm-hmm. universities. But um, you had uni- you have universities who's been in existence since 1915. Um, that you know, we're talking years upon years upon years. There, UE is like the baby, and mm-hmm. is is still able to maintain that international standard. Of, of delivering higher education on the same level playing field with, with other big names in the game, like the Oxford yeah. and where I am now, the University of Edinburgh, who just um, ranked 16 in, in, in the world university rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so UWE is, 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 is among the, 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 the global players in the world of academia. And we cannot we cannot take for granted what our regional institution is 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 to the region. Yeah, that's that, that, that's really interesting because I know so many PhDs that get scholarships from UWE. Many people are going to science, women doing massive things like in England, in the states, even in China, right? right. And like I know that UWE was like they processed through UWE and then took off from there. Yeah, I I I, I think. Um, I would say UE, UE as, as one word is in its AAA strategy, there is this word called agility. And UE has, has been able to achieve that level of agility that the Caribbean needs. So, you know, UE has been able to keep up with the times in mm-hmm. terms of delivering what the region needs uh, on demand, right? Mm-hmm. And so it has been able to educate our people in, in, in various sectors as, 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 as the technology and, 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 and as research is conducted and everything is continuously and rapidly evolving, UE is also able to, 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 to adapt its curriculum to, to, to meet the needs of the, of the productive sector, you know, and, and what, what the new jobs of the 21st century requires, the skills that it requires. And so they're able to, to impart that knowledge and equip the, the, the regional people for, for, for taking up those jobs and creating more productive industries and, 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 and increasing efficiency and, 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 mm-hmm. and being able, equipping us to be able to deliver more- um, uh, High quality. More high quality products and services. Sure, sure. Did you go to UWE? Like for, I guess a question for both of y'all. When you went to UWE, did you have that regional mindset or was it formed while you were there? Ron? So I would say, I would say, yes, I had a, a regional mindset before, um, but I would say it, it was magnified by about 100%. And it, was, it was just doubled. With, or if I, I can't even quantify the amount that it was enhanced by going to the University of the West Indies. So, yeah, um, that would have to be a yes for me. Yeah, okay. I, I, I would say um, 
going into UE, I already had education on from coming from Grenada and you know um, my my years of of accumulating knowledge in my academic journey there. I already had knowledge on the, 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 the whole integration movements and processes and policies mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, what worked, what failed. But in terms, of, in terms of making it a lived experience, I didn't experience that in my country. I experienced it at UWE. Yeah, right? yeah 100%. And, 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 and that is, that is, is by far um, one of the most important factors in shaping me wanting to own my Caribbean community yeah. and wanting to be a part of that integration movement and, and be a major contributor to its development and to see it succeed because I have lived the experience. And I, I think that is an important and fundamental factor for our regional people to be able to live the integration experience, the CARICOM experience, that, that Caribbean-ness Mm-hmm. That, 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 that we often speak about. It's a lived experience. You have to own it. Got you. So it's like a great example of when an institution actually enables uh, progress or regionalism or, you know, you know, you're enabling people to do great things in the future going forward. That's mm-hmm. like a great example, right? Like a platform. Uh, it could be anything, but that's just another great example from what it sounds like. Yeah. So, to, to, to get into the real juice of things now, right? How can you apply that to people who did not go to UWE? How can they get that experience? So what, what do you think? Well, what I would say to you, Daniel, is that <laughs> applying it... Now, you see, when you're selling the whole idea of a, a one Caribbean community, you, you, you cannot start at UWE. You cannot start at, at that level because that time we are already young adults. Yeah. Now, I think we need to transform our, our education systems from, from the pre-primary level come right up to the tertiary level. We, mm-hmm. need to, we need to restructure certain elements of our curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to teach, when we're teaching our children history, we need to teach them the history, not just of colonization mm-hmm. and the plantation society or systems, but we also need to teach them the history of of our different integration movements, you know, like from the Federation come right down to to, to where we're at today in that regard, in in, in terms of the integration movement of our civilization. We need to start teaching uh, different elements of our history. For example, my country, um, for example, I didn't learn about the Grenada Revolution in, 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 in my high school history. But I learned, I, learned about, I learned about Columbus discovering Grenada, which was lands that was already inhibited by the Amerindians. So, so, mm. so, so, so you, see, you, see, you see that whole shift in the education system needs to happen. It needs to occur to bring our people um, up to date. And, and, and once, once it is instilled in our people from such a young age, they will grow knowing yeah. that, hey, Yes, I'm Grenadian. Yes, I'm Dominican. Yes, I'm Barbadian. But hey, I am also Caribbean. I am part of this community and we are going to make it work. Yeah. Uh, and even to piggyback on what Alvin said there, I mean, like, obviously, education is something that we're so passionate about at Checkway, especially. Um, 
skills, basically, because mm-hmm. you, you know it is growing up in the Caribbean. Oftentimes, there was a stigma associated with doing more skill-oriented subjects. Mm-hmm. However, when you when you grow up and you become adults and you realize that society cannot function without certain skills and so on, you wonder, but why was there ever a stigma in the first place? So I feel like, honestly, from a very young age, you need to be just ingrained into the minds of, uh, of the children and so on, all sorts of life skills, also to, to, yeah. to just learn to be resourceful. Yeah. But even in this modern day, digital education is key. It's absolutely critical for any country's success, you know? It's like, Ron, Ron, I would, I, I would take you up on that point because I, I, I also think, I also agree with you, like, there was, there was a time when people stress on academia, like, you know, yeah. how, how much you place in class, um, how good you're at maths and English. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they forsake the, um, the, the, the technical skills. And you have to remember, not every child in the system might be academically inclined, yeah. but they may, be, they, may, they may have good skills in other yeah. areas. And, and it can earn lucrative um, revenue or incomes for, for, for them in, in the future as well. Because I know I know of situations where people study uh, and have degrees and yeah. still persons in other sectors who did not pursue the academic um, journey. And I'm not bashing academia because, yeah, I mean, you, you have to know your skills and, and, and you use it to the, to the best of your ability to maximize on what you can earn and and make out of it but i know people who do other other in other professions who who make good money as well and yeah. at the end of the day it's not just about money it's, it's about doing things you enjoy and, and 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 being able to contribute to society everybody has a role to play everybody has a contribution to make in the development of the society and no matter who you are whether you're a janitor whether you're a ceo Everyone is making a, a, a meaningful contribution and, and, and everyone is important. And we have to start treating um, people as such within, yeah. within our society as well. Yeah. 100%. You see, it, it, it's on that same thing where like the generations like millennials, mm-hmm. right? You'll hear that in Canada a lot. You hear that everywhere in the States that millennials were all forced to go to school, get high debts, but then they don't actually have skills to actually go to work. Right, they actually can't get jobs with their degrees. They have a history degree, yeah. But then, what can they do with that? And so, like nowadays, the conversation is like, well, if you want to go to university for like STEM subjects, law, doctors, yeah, one hundred percent. But then, if you're not clear on where you want to go with your life, like, why would you just throw yourself straight into university? Get a history degree you don't you don't know if you want to teach you don't know what that history is going to really apply to you don't know what skills exactly you have Hmm. right you just go through the system and i don't know just like maybe i caught it wrong like the way this conversation is like the our education system enable people to go into academia even those people who aren't inclined to it right and so that's why you don't have as many people in like trades or I guess agriculture or like other things. Everyone's trying to get an office job versus mm-hmm. um, looking at like, hey, I could be building. I could be, I could be a plumber. Doing, sorry? I could be a plumber and make 150 yeah. pounds an hour. <laughs> and, you're, and you're valuable and you're valuable right away. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's the thing, but I think that's a whole different discussion, but I'd like to see how we can tie that particular thing like, 
regionalism to the education to skills, right? I think like those are like three really important things, I think, for the Caribbean to move forward. Mm-hmm. You have to get those things to align, whether it's um, masonry, whether it's plumbing, electricians, whether it's accounting, whether it's agriculture, like the history, like how is there a way we can like get a unified education system in the region? Well, um, yes, go on. You go on, you go on. No, no, well, what I would say is that is that really something that we would want? Because to be, to be honest, at the moment, um, when you look at traditional education in the region, it kind of is unified, but that is the problem because not everyone follows the same, like, um, the same program, for lack of a better word. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you need a more dynamic and fluid education system, is what I would say. You need something that from a young age is more child-focused, more child-centric. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, Daniel, let's take, for instance, with, with TEFL, for instance, when, yeah. when, you're, when, when you're learning. Um, so for those who don't know, TEFL is teaching English as a foreign language. And it's a, uh, it's a great avenue, actually, for a lot of people to get into education. Also, if you want an extra job and so on, it's, it's quite a nice thing. But what I was getting to was the training in TEFL is when they really teach you um, to focus on the child, essentially, to, to have a more child-centric approach when you're teaching. Yeah, 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 student-centered and so on. But what, I remember like when I was learning about that, I thought but this can be integrated across the education um, system in the Caribbean. You have it more focused on them and their abilities so that as they grow older, you enhance those abilities rather than you know, send them straight down the line, maths, English, science. You have to do it this way. If you don't do it this way, then... You see what I'm saying? So, I, yeah, I feel like that's what's kind of needed in the Caribbean. Much more fluid approach. Um, I, I, we, we have to be real too, right, Ron? Um, mm-hmm. And, and that, that will be ideal for mm-hmm. our education system. However, we have to also consider the factors that can support such systems and do we have those resources within the Caribbean you know, because it would require a lot more um, mm-hmm. in terms of pumping resources into the education system. And in reality, yeah. when governments making cuts in their budget, who <laughs> do you think they target first? You know, or, or, or where do you think those cuts come in? In education, in other areas. And, and we've seen the ramifications of those um, decisions on, on the government and policy level on the Caribbean. Um, we've seen how it has impacted Caribbean economies and how it has impacted human resource development and progress in, in certain countries. Um, I, I could use uh, Barbados, for example. You remember there was a time Barbados had free education. Then there was mm-hmm. a time when they did not. Yeah. And you saw how, how the numbers of UE, um, UE students went from being uh, how much thousands to just, you know, I mean, still in the thousands, but it was slashed in almost half, yeah. you know, and, 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 and it begs the question, so what are these people going to be doing with their life now? You know, where would they go in terms of their academic pursuits, um, not being able to afford higher education and all of that? Now, we've seen now um, there was a change in government and then now you have it being reinstated mm-hmm. and then you're seeing a, a growth again in the number of, of enrollment. In, in. So you, you, really, you really have to look at how government policies and decisions can impact um, different elements of, of the system, specifically mm-hmm. as we're speaking of education, we, we, we leave it on education. And, and then you also want to look at uh, 
catering to, 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 like you said, around students or children in, in different areas or with different um, needs. Because even, even in some countries, they, they, there have been a segment of the population that have been neglected um, for quite some time. Now, in recent times, maybe it has gotten better. I, I, I am not at liberty to speak to it much because I have not done in-depth research. But, you know, um, in terms of investing in schools for special education, because you have mm -hmm. persons with, with, with uh, special learning abilities, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have persons with different, and, and you know, there, there was a time in the Caribbean when you, when you talk of disability, everybody think of somebody in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. There are different forms of disabilities that also needs to be considered, and you have to create that inclusive education system that ensure that no one gets left behind, because at the end of the day, if you were to measure progress or growth, the growth of a society, you would realize that the, the societies who records growth are the ones who have those inclusive systems in place that, in, that, 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 that ensure that no one less gets left behind or everyone is able to participate in, 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 the, in the journey of, of developing the, the society and so on. Yeah. yeah. I want to go a little bit more, more macro to that very point, Inclusi mm. inclusion, participate. <laughs> um, when I think of like the Caribbean, we have a ton of different languages Right, mm. with my language background, especially, it's like I'm interested in that. Um, population Haiti makes about, if I'm not mistaken, about a third of the whole population. Then you have Martinique and Guadeloupe by Dominica, and then yeah. you have the Dutch. <laughs> I don't think we teach languages enough, do you? Like, from a younger age, especially, like, there's people who have an inclination to it, but. Like when I taught in Korea, students from kindergarten, they're learning English. Right. Same thing in China, they're learning English off the top. <laughs> when we think regionalism like, and education, where, where does language fit into that? Well, wh what I would say to you, Daniel, is that um, <laughs> whether we like to accept it or not, you and I, we, mm -hmm. are, we are now in a different generation from who has, be, who has been coming up behind us, right? Because I remember when I was going to school in, in primary school, um, I wasn't taught languages. Um, I, I learned languages, specifically Spanish and French, when I entered um, high school, right. secondary school. Um, but now I, I see my nieces and nephews learning Spanish and Chinese in yes. primary school. Wow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, even, even, if it's, even if it's even if it's basic, but they're still learning it. They're being introduced to it and exposed yeah. to it. Yeah. So I see I see a transformation from my years of being in primary school okay. to my nieces and nephews being in primary school now. So so with that, I can say there has been some level of pro progress in that regard, and I'm happy for that. Um, and then, you know, so, so as they progress and, and go on into high school, then they're exposed to the Spanish, the French, the Chinese. And as Ron was saying earlier, the more you expose children to is the more they have to, 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 to choose to say, well, okay, I like Spanish more than French. Um, so I'm going to pursue um, Spanish right, uh, right up to the, to the CXC level. And maybe if I go college, I might just do Spanish as an elective or if I don't want to pursue it as my main major, right? So the exposure is there now. I'm not sure for all of the other Caribbean islands. I'm not even sure for all of the schools in Grenada, but I know the ones where my, my, my nieces <laughs> and nephews, they're exposed to it. So um, 
and any form of progress is progress and we Definitely. have to accept that and Definitely. you know i like to see it so yeah i'm hoping that we 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 we, we get there um mm-hmm. in 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 full force okay so so i've got a question i've got a question for you right yeah very simple and straightforward question what is a borderless caribbean team <laughs> very simple question Wow, Ron, you call that a simple question, but there is so much sophistication there. Now, when you're talking about borderless, you see, for me, a borderless Caribbean is one where, where there is that openness or, 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 or the elimination of that feeling of foreignness within the Caribbean or among regional counterparts. Mm-hmm. Now, you can look at it from different levels. You can look at it in terms of business. You can look at it in movement of people. You can look at it in, in the ease of access to, to different um, countries within the Caribbean and the ability to open businesses. To, you know, if, so there are different factors when you look at borderless. But a borderless Caribbean for me is the basic concept of the whole idea of the Caribbean community. The whole idea of the sub-regional bodies like the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States. And if you really want to know if a borderless Caribbean exists, I believe it does because um, let's look at the OECS um, grouping, for example. Uh, in the OECS, we move across the region freely. I mean, I, I, I go to other OECS islands as an OECS national and my passport is stamped indefinite stay. You know, I, 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 I go to other OECS islands and I use my driver's license from home as if I was a citizen in that country. So, I mean, when you're talking borderless, you can look at it from different elements. Um, in the OECS, again, we use a single currency. So I don't have to worry about exchange rates when I move from Grenada to Dominica to St. Lucia to Antigua, you know, and all of the other OECS members. So that in itself and 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 you know, something that, that speeds up an integration movement or create that harmony is when you, when you have a single currency. It fuels that, that, that seamless um, element of the integration movement. And we have that existing within the OECS. Uh, and, and so if you want to talk borderless again, I, you look at the synchronization or harmonization of different systems. So for, for example, as we were talking earlier, we said that in some countries, you know, while we are all, while all our children are examining under the 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 um, common entrance examinations, I think they have a new name for it now, you know. Uh, GSAT, um, I believe. Grade, grade six assessment. Or something, right? And yeah. then you have the high school are examining under CXC, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You get the you get the idea, keep and so on. So um, you you create harmony in terms of education. That's another element of, of us achieving some level of borderless, then you, you, you have trade when it comes to trade, the ability to move products and services from one country to the next without any barriers or mm-hmm. double taxation or, 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 and, and all of those elements of, of, of trade that comes mm-hmm. into play. You know, the, if, I, if I'm working in, 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 in one Caribbean island and I'm I'm, I'm repatriating funds, but I've already paid taxes on those that that that, that um, income that I have earned. Do I have to pay tax on it again when I when I repatriate it to my home, or, or or you know all of those things come into play when we talk about a borderless system or a borderless region? But I do think 
I do think we have managed to achieve some level of borderlessness within the Caribbean region and, 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 and so on. More, more, very much so, like with the OECS, right? Mm. It shows a lot more there. That's a good example. But if you can expand that to CARICOM, I guess a lot of politics has a part to play in that. Well, uh, <laughs> no, 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 you're talking about all this favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, sometimes, right? Um, CARICOM faces a lot of criticisms from it from Caribbean people in terms of saying, oh, that ain't making sense. Oh, that is something where all them leaders are just going and dying and wine in wine and dine in, 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 in a hotel room, in a hotel conference room and, and, and whatever else. But I think the Caribbean community has made significant and remarkable progress from since its establishment. And Though slow in some instances, we have very relevant and, uh, um, and reliable Caribbean community um, um, bodies or our sub-bodies that has been set up over the years. You know, for example, we have Sidima, we have CAFA, we have, we have all those other different Caribbean sub-bodies, who, Caribbean community sub-bodies who have been set up to solve real-time um, regional regional uh, problems and, 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 and support regional institutions, regional governments and so on. So we may not share a single currency in the Caribbean community like this sub-regional body, the OECS, but we share resources and we, we have the ability to tap into those resources. In fact, when we are, when we are conducting international um, business negotiations, you have the CARICOM that the CARICOM can create support in terms of negotiating on behalf of small islands to ensure that, hey, we are not being bullied by our international com- counterparts. Because remember, a lot of what happens in, 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 in the global space is, is, is divide and conquer, you know, and is, is who had the loudest voice in the room. That gets, the more, that gets to have the bigger say. And you see, as small islands, um, we tend not to have a, a, a loud voice on our own, but when we unite and take up um, the challenges of the, glo- of the world, and when we can stand up to our uh, global uh, counterparts and say, well, hey, we're here as a Caribbean community. We're negotiating as one body. We're, you know, and decisions are made uh, on that level, then you know much, much more progress can be made. Now, sometimes persons say, well, you know, CARICOM will never work because everybody selfish, everybody wants to have their own power. Now, that might be that might be true to an extent because we are all independent states, and every every independent state, the citizens might have a level of patriotism. And 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 every Every leader, I mean, if I am a prime minister, I would want to see my country prosper. I would want to see my country grow. But that does not, that does not uh, neglect the fact that there are many areas in which CARICOM is making progress or has made progress and has contributed to regional development and, and so on. Look at the COVID-19 pandemic, case in point. Now, you have Caribbean, Caribbean leaders in the health in the health sector 
who have come together to solve this global issue and how it is impacting the region. So a lot of the protocols you see and a lot of, a lot of that, it stems from the likes of CAFA and, 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 and the different Caribbean health leaders coming together and saying, hey, we have a common problem. Let's create a, a, a solution that can help us all. Then even, you want to talk about integration again, the, uh, about a week or two ago, I think, Grenada had um, vaccines. The citizens were coming very slow to receive the vaccines. So rather than leaving them in the storm to expire and then they have to dispose it, Trinidad had a high, a greater need for vaccines at the time. So Grenada donated the vaccines to Trinidad. And so, you know, all this is part and parcel of how the, the regional um, unification and integration movement is working and how we are actually being our brother's keeper and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fueling the, 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 the unification process across the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. How so, does that translate into the digital age? Well, <laughs> in the digital age, I would say we have a long way to go. And living in a developed country, uh, I am experiencing digital on a different level mm-hmm. from experiencing digital in the Caribbean. But I wouldn't say that we cannot, we, 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 it is impossible for us to get there. I would like for us to get there at a faster pace. I would like for us to get there before the rest of the world moves on to something else, mm-hmm. right? But, but um, I think, like I said earlier, any form of progress is progress. Um, I'm not gonna dumb it down and make excuses for, 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 for not um, being where we ought to be, but I think we're doing pretty good. Um, if you're looking at the business sector, there was a time when businesses would fear the use of technology for, for providing their products and services online. There was a time when even Caribbean people themselves would fear um, making a purchase online because Caribbean people like to feel, they like to touch the product. They like to know, well, hey, this is the yeah. actual product yeah. and this person is trying to sell me a clone. Or, or, you know, so we, we, and these things have been cultural and cultures can change over time, True. right? And True. so it, 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 you cannot expect everything to happen overnight. So what, you're, what, what we have seen with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. everybody who was fearful of the use of technology and, and, and all businesses that was hesitant to offer their services and their products in an online community, you're seeing them online now. And that happened during the pandemic, yeah. right? That happened not, not just during the pandemic, but with, within the first few months of the pandemic. Because what businesses realized is that in order for them to survive and thrive, they yeah. had to adapt to the new scenario they were faced with. It wasn't business as usual. And it's never going to be business as usual again within yeah. the Caribbean or the rest of the world for that matter. COVID is here, yeah. and it, 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 whether we like to admit it or not, it probably would not leave us anytime soon. But as human beings, what defines our resilience is, is, is our ability to adapt and, and make the necessary adjustment to accept things for what it is and find solutions and move on. And that's what businesses in the Caribbean did. They, 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 there was a platform that existed for many years. That is the digital platform. They weren't taking advantage of it. 
a crisis came and forced these businesses to say, hey, if we don't, it's do or die now, you know. Is it that we get on with the train or we get left behind? And I kid you not, a lot of the businesses who, 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 who had to um, suffer and, and go out of operation are the ones who weren't able to adapt, yeah, right? traditional so, ones, basically. Exactly. And in every sector, um, it wasn't possible for them to actually go online because different businesses offer different products and services and not everything can be provided online. But as much as possible, wherever you can, get online. Even something as simple as online payments. And, I, 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 and we're speaking about this, but I did a recording for my program just two nights ago on Talk With Business. Yeah. And it was on digital, it was on digital um, the use of digital platforms and, and, and businesses and entrepreneurs in the Caribbean being able to get on the digital train. But um, so, so it's, it's very fresh in my memory. <laughs> just, just before you continue, when is that program going to be available for viewers to know? Oh, definitely. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be aired um, next uh, Sunday, I think. Sunday is what Sunday date? Sunday the 27th, yeah. I believe. That'll be Sunday the 27th. What, Ron? You have a calendar in your brain, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so all the listeners of the Check We podcast, you know, you got to go straight over to... In fact, I've been selling it. Oh, gosh. Right now we're on Check We. Well, um... <laughs> Because Ron insists, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check with listeners. You can always check us out on Talk With Business where we access, accumulate, and share knowledge, right? Hmm. Yeah, man. So back to the conversation. Yeah. yeah. This whole idea of a, of a digital Caribbean, it is possible to achieve. Hmm. It is possible to achieve. We're not 100% there yet, but we have made significant progress and the pandemic has fueled that progress in the use of digital platforms. And we have seen even small businesses, entrepreneurs, they've gotten on the train, right? So it, don't, think it, don't think the entrepreneurs are being left behind. The entrepreneurs are there and they're getting on board. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I can know, there was a time if I am in the diaspora and I want to send something to my, to my family, it, it, it makes it difficult for me to, I have to try to figure out, okay, do I have to use um, money transfers to send it for them so they have to go and purchase it? No, I cannot purchase it in online from small businesses right there in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And that's a benefit. That's a benefit of the, of, of, of the diaspora. When, when persons in the diaspora can be able to access digital platforms to support local businesses, Mm-hmm. In, in, the, in the country where they originated from yeah. and be able to, 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 to say, hey, my mom need grocery. Let me, let me make grocery for mom and, and have them deliver it to her door. Yep. So mom don't even have to leave home, you know? Yep. Um, let, 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 me, let me make purchase in that, in that bookstore to buy um, books or, or, or maybe a computer in the local bookshop or the local tech store yep. so, that my, so that my nephew or my niece can, can be able to go to school and, and, and have the necessary things they need to facilitate their learning process, right? So you see there are linkages and, and there are benefits to, 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 to the use of the digital platforms and we are getting there. And I'm yeah. proud of my Caribbean people. I'm 100%. very proud of my Caribbean people. I mean, a shining example of that um, is actually Shop DM in Dominique, no? And as it mm. happens, we, we had the, the owner of Shop DM, Mr. Anthony Edwards, on the podcast recently, just speaking of exactly what you were speaking of there. Like, right. people in right. diaspora can now 
um, order straight on the platform. They can send the groceries or, or whatever products they need locally sourced. I mean, this right. is just a brilliant example of innovation in the region. That is awesome. You that know? is awesome. And that's an example for many other entrepreneurs out there to emulate, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, um, Ron and Daniel, if you permit me, it's, it's not about reinventing the wheel. This is a system that is already here. It's, yeah. already, it's already in the works, in operation. So while it may be new to the Caribbean, it is not a new system. So exactly. it's, it's even much easier to adapt and, 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 and be able to, to roll out such systems to, to facilitate the, the, the use of online platforms and, and exposure of your products and services to a wider audience, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, so we're not reinventing the wheel here. It's, it's something that's already there. And that's key as well, you know, the fact that it's a wider audience because you'd find one of the bottlenecks that a lot of business people in the Caribbean would have had for many years is they feel like, like I'm almost like a small pawn, basically. You can't have too many competitors and so on. But with the digital age, it does not matter, basically. Yeah. You can find clients for your, your, your products. You can find customers for your, for your different um, products and services, et cetera, because it's such a wide and vast market. So, in fact, that's where we have to encourage our entrepreneurs to work together, to collaborate, because Rana, that's the way we can move forward. I feel like Daniel want to move on to the next the next point. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, excited, I'm excited to talk about like this other thing that like came up. It's like, did you hear that Uber is available in Jamaica in now? Jamaica, my yeah. gosh, man, that is some exciting news, right? It's, cool. cool. it's really cool. It's like it's really really cool because like I mean, nice. because. I have a- Go on, go on, Daniel. I was going to say, because, like, I saw a lot of, like, tweets and, like, feedback from people there. And, like, the, the women especially are very happy because now it's, like, they can safely travel everywhere. They can feel safe traveling, yeah. right? Yeah. And, like, just that alone is just, that's, like, a, such a small step, you know? Like, like, of course it should be available in Jamaica or anywhere else, like, have a service like that that's reliable. Mm-hmm. And then people cannot be more competitive. And then entrepreneurs... It's like before they would have to get their own vehicle, right? Then you have to license it. You have to register with a company or uh, what do they call them? There's a word for them. Pay all this extra insurance, X, Y, Z, and then you pay the company your commission and then you're left with a little bit. With Uber, you get paid when you work. Yeah. Right? And then you have your resources, you stay licensed. Everyone knows who you are. You get the reviews, it's public. And you're forced to do a good job as well. Right. So it's, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. I remember being in Trinidad a couple of years ago and they had this local one called, I think, um, was it? Was we ride. Lyft? We ride. Lyft something. <laughs> Why we don't make that? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the exact name, yeah. but there was one that was local in Trinidad and I used it a few years ago, but about two years ago. And it, yeah. it was quite it was quite convenient as well. Um, but with that Uber um, emergence into Jamaica, I think it, it would be significant in the way people use public transportation in Jamaica. And, and like you highlighted, sadly, sadly, in, 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 in some islands um, and a lot of parts of the rest of the world, not just in the Caribbean. I mean, women, <laughs> women go through a, a great deal of, 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 
a great deal of 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 of, of crimes, stress. <laughs> crimes being committed against them just because they're women. I mean, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a thing in this yeah, modern true. era. But it's our reality, okay. and I'm happy that 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 Uber has entered into Jamaica. And now, um, like you said, some of the feedback is that women are feeling safer to travel using taxis and and okay. and, and feeling safer to leave at uh, uh, whatever time is convenient to them to go out or to return and, and so on. And, and that is good. That is another level of progress we're seeing. And it is, it is using digital platforms. <laughs> so, so, so digital platforms can also create um, secure, secure products, secure products and services that can make people feel comfortable in, in utilizing their services or are, are, are investing or are purchasing the goods and, and so on that are being offered. And, and I think that's a major move for Uber and I would like to see it spread across the Caribbean, the rest of the Caribbean as well. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a, like, it'll rip up the roots of like the current transportation system and they'll have no choice but to innovate at that point. Like if you're yeah. a bus driver, they'll be the first ones to complain um, along with like private taxi companies for those that um, exist, but um, it's the same thing that happened everywhere, right? Like competition, you have new players that arise, and so you have to adapt. Yeah, Daniel, um, on that point, I, I remember doing a paper recently for one of my courses. Um, the course was actually called Digital Business. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the company I chose was Uber as well. And I, I remember reading this article where when Uber entered, um, I think it was India, I believe. Um, so, you know, the local taxi operators saw Uber as a great threat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so they, they were blocking roads and, 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 and committing crimes against the Uber drivers and the passengers. It's happening in Canada too, man. And so it, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it instilled fear in yeah. Uber drivers, in drivers wanting to sign up to serve Uber and it instilled fear in passengers wanting to travel with, 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 with mm. Uber operated um, taxis. But eventually they, 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 they adapted and realized that, hey, this is the new way. This, this thing is here to stay. Because what was happening is that they felt a, a huge impact when Uber came in because of the fact that they were overcharging consumers. So when Uber came in and, and started offering their services, it created that, 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 that price control measure because you go on Uber and the price you're quoted is more than likely the, the, the cost you will be paying at the end of your trip or when you book. Unless you, 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 you ask the driver to stop with you somewhere or to go somewhere else with you or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so all of those things were reasons why persons were attracted to Uber. And so the, the, the drivers, the other taxi drivers eventually um, got on board and started signing up. But at the end of the day, right, I always say, if, if emerging businesses in, 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 in new markets should not always be seen as just competition, right? Mm-hmm. You can see emerging businesses in new markets as, 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 as an opportunity, for you to raise the bar for your business, your product, your service, and your offering. So it's not always going to be a, a threat to you or your business. You know, it can as it can as well be an opportunity. Now, I remember, um, <laughs> I remember a few years ago, um, there was a hotel that opened in Grenada, and 
and, and, and another popular hotelier was giving a speech at the opening of that hotel. And both of them are five-star food diamond resorts in, in Grenada. And that other hotelier went on the podium and he said, I don't see X company or X hotel as a competitor, but I see them as an opportunity because with their brand here, we're going to have increased international flights. Yeah. And so my job now is to try to get as much clients on those new international flights for my hotel as possible. Yeah. But their brand is attracting the flights. So, so you see, sometimes you, and I'm not saying it's going to be like that in every industry, every sector, yeah. but sometimes rather than looking at how, how, how stiff the competition may become, it, see the opportunity in be able to, being able to diversify your clientele, being able to diversify your target market, being able to say, well, hey, with, with, with this competitor here, I have to up the thing now, you know, because it's warfare. So I have to see, well, how I could up my marketing and research, how I could up my, 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 my pricing, how I could up my quality, how I could, you know, so, so it, 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 competition comes with good and it comes with bad. But I think sometimes we, we, we tend to focus on the negatives too much in a lot yeah. of areas that, yeah. we, that, we, that we, 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 we don't see the positives that can come out of it. I, I think the key word there is leverage, basically. I feel like with every, every event, every significant event that happens in business, you have to see how can you leverage this opportunity. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, even when it comes to, 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 let's say, media exposure, I mean, sometimes people are afraid of, of bad press. But what we always have to remember is no, there's no such thing as bad press. All press is actually good press. Mr. Press. Mr. Man, Mr. Yeah. Man, when Donald Trump was running for election, yeah. everybody thought this man was a big joke, right? But you know, Donald Trump won this election because even when who people thought would win, Hillary Clinton was, was, was delivering speeches, Donald Trump was occupying a huge section of the screens yeah. of those new channels, you know. So you see, even when the media was showing him up for the negatives, mm -hmm. the public was viewing and always seeing him in their face. And you know what Steve Jobs famously said? People what? never know what they want until you put it in their face, right? Mm -hmm. So that is a rule that is applied for me. It's a rule that is applied for, for offering, offering um, new products and services to people. But yeah. if I am to apply it in the context of Donald Trump winning an election, he was always in everybody's face, whether the media wanted it to be for that reason or not. They saw him. He won the election. Yeah. Right? That's, that's facts. That's facts. Um, how do you think the, the future looks for our generation and the next in the Caribbean and regionalization? <laughs> Man, the future is bright. The future is awesome. There are so much opportunities out there. There are so much going on for our people. Daniel, boy, I can't, I can't begin to, to, to list it off for you, but I will say this, right? What I believe in, I believe in empowerment. And I think that is a big deal for our region and its people to secure our sustainability and development going forward. Now, oftentimes in the Caribbean, like I said, we, we tend to cut back our leaders, our governments tend to cut back in areas that, that shouldn't be cut back in, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we, in the Caribbean, we often measure progress by, by looking at infrastructural development mostly, right? Mm -hmm. But 
We need to understand the importance of investing more in human resource development mm -hmm. and, 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 and equipping our people with the adequate skills that they need to take on this digital age that we, are, we have now entered into, right? And so education will be what defines our ability to succeed going forward in this new age of, 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 of digital or, or, or this new digital age in a global space, mm -hmm. right? Because Ron asked the question earlier about a borderless Caribbean, but Ron, we're now a borderless world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes beyond just a borderless Caribbean. The world, the world has become a global backyard. It, it has transformed. Yeah. And so, and so I think the future is bright for our young people. Um, they just have to get out there and take advantage of the opportunities that exist. I mean, there are endless opportunities out there. Yo, I just sometimes just go on Google and I would just type in what conference is coming up in, in for international business and CEO mm -hmm. executives. Mm -hmm. What conference, what, what um, certification, what's the next certification I can do to stay relevant in project management? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what, what can I do to be certified in, 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 in Scrum or, or Agile? Agile um, executions and so on. So You're a project management, guy, you can tell. Exactly. <laughs> no, no matter how much degrees you have, yep. let me tell you, learning is a <laughs> lifelong is a lifelong uh, a, a process, and it and it has to become a lifestyle. It has to become part of you. You have to always have that hunger and thirst for more. You know, I, I me, I am never satisfied with knowledge. You know with the amount of knowledge I accumulate. Because at the end of the day, every day I do, when I lay down in my bed at night after my little devotion and thing, I always reflect on my day. And I try to think about what have I really learned today? You know, did I achieve everything I set out to achieve today? I have this, this little book here, right? Um, I was telling Ron about this the last time. My, 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 friend, my friend, Brendan, Ron gave me this as a birthday gift. And anytime an idea hit me, I just write it down in this little book, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. And because yeah. uh, uh, you get so much brilliant ideas, but you see it, the ideas come and go like the wind. Yeah. So you, yeah. you have to put pen to paper sometimes. And, and I know some people might think I traditional because I use in a book, but when I write, the creative juices flow. Yeah. You understand? So you have to, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. You have to keep, yeah. pursuing that that yeah. next big thing you have to be a constant learner yeah. lifestyle is a lifestyle and lifestyle. i totally agree with you have to write it down it's not real until you write it down yeah man you know ideas yeah. come and go you have and then you can when you revisit those ideas it could be a year later you completely forgot you had that idea you know and then something happens and you're like holy yes i gotta tell you something right you well, you guys know about the, the new show I started uh, 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 a few weeks ago, Talk mm -hmm. With Business. And I remember about a year and a half ago, Brendan telling me, yo, Alvin, you just do so much work and research in, 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 in your field and in business. Like, you know, he said, dog, I just listen to you talk and I just learn so much from you and I just try to incorporate certain things in my field in, in, in computer science and whatever. Mm -hmm. And the man said, dog, 
you don't think you should start a podcast or something? Share the knowledge you have, man, because other people out there want to listen, they want to learn. And, and there are people who are going to, to want to hear what you have to say. And that's, that, you know, from since then, I'm like, boy, them think that is not for me now. But then, you know, as, as, as time progresses, I realize, I say, but wait now, what good is it to accumulate all this knowledge and just sit on it? I have, I tell myself, I have a network. I have a community of professionals that, that, that I can tap into at any point and say, hey, I, I, I want to interview you on your field. I want to interview you on this topic. And you bring them in because you have to realize, you know, as you grow, your network expands but you cannot be selfish with it. So I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to use Talkway Business as a platform where I could share knowledge, not just from my field, but bringing people from different fields and connect it to business and see how we can share that with people out there that are listening, right? And, 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 and check we is another similar concept because you guys are bringing people together from your networks mm-hmm. and you are sharing knowledge. Like, yeah. like you know, I mean, and that is what digital platforms is doing for us. It's making us, it's making it easier for us to, to be able to access and share knowledge with, with, with other people. It's easier, it's cheaper. And if you're starting it off as a business, the, the cost, you could have never started a business and like failure be so close to zero. Exactly. You know, <laughs> the cost of failure is so close to zero. It's like, why not? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say on that note, right? If... <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you if you if you did not pursue your dreams, Daniel, there is a possibility that you would fail, right? With whatever career you choose. So why not try to pursue your dreams? Even if you fail, at least you tried. Because either way, you pursue your dreams or you pursue someone else's dreams, there is still a possibility that you would succeed or a possibility that you would fail. So why not do what you wanted to do from the get-go? True. You know what I mean? And you have to think about that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to make a serious clip for that and just replay. It got my alarm in the morning. I love that. Yes, uh, sir. Uh, guys, uh, I mean, honestly, anytime I'm talking with all of it, it can just go on for hours and hours. But part two coming up. Part two coming up. Yeah, part two will be coming up soon. But unfortunately, hey. guys, we're going to have to, to, to start wrapping this one up. So I just want to remind all our listeners that you just listened to episode six of the Check We podcast. We have the man, the myth, the legend, um, His Excellency Alvin Hulas with us alongside, you know, just my, my, myself and Daniel, you know, just on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, again, guys, you can listen to all the reruns of the episodes on Spotify. We're also on YouTube, Google Podcasts, um, Facebook, etc. Don't forget, anytime you need a West Indian professional, Come to check we we've we've got an ever-growing pool of talent. Everyone comes on there. Like we have copywriters, web developers, we have such a wide variety. We have translators into an all we have people that will help you set up your Twitch accounts. Yeah, yeah. So people set up right. Twitch account. If you're interested in starting an online store, we've got e-commerce specialists on um check we. We've got financial consultants. So guys, just head over to the platform, download the app on the Apple Store, um, App Store and the Google Play Store. And uh, don't forget to check out our Checkwe shops. That's shop.checkwe.com. Buy yourself some merch and support the mission. And then also, 
we have um, talked with business and Alvin, this is your opportunity. <laughs> uh, this man has just given me free promotion like that. <laughs> <laughs> because we grow yeah, together, man. We grow together. And, and that, is, that is what I like about, about the, 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 the humility and platform of Checkway because they don't just try to uh, promote themselves and, 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 and as a brand and, 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 and what they are offering. But every, every episode I've looked at and every person they've brought on this program, I've seen Checkway giving them mileage and saying, hey, um, yeah, you're on Checkway, but check out this guy's product, check out this company, check out that. And I, I think that is the entrepreneurial mindset I like to see. And I think that's what we need to propel small businesses in the Caribbean. You know, as I highlighted earlier, stop looking at businesses, our competitors are comp- as just competition, but look at them as also um, entrepreneurs and create those strategic uh, alliances and partnerships that can help push businesses forward. So check me, big up yourself one time. And <laughs> thanks for bringing me onto your, your, your platform. And, and don't forget people, Talk With Business, episode two, season one, will be out on Sunday. <laughs> Thank you. So ladies Thank and gentlemen, um, well, sorry, not, not here, but all those listening. <laughs> <laughs> we still get the news to it. This has, this has been Check Me um, Podcast Episode 6. Alvin, thank you a million times for coming on here. We appreciate you every single time. And uh, yeah, that's us for tonight, guys.